Welcome to the Freedom Frontline Podcast. As always, this podcast will be completely raw, completely unfiltered, and completely uncensored. Today's guest is a personal friend, an inspiration, and a true patriot through and through. Her name is Krista Nagel. Krista Nagel gave up her career in the medical field to speak against the narrative and to help fellow people in the medical field to do the exact same thing. She has exposed many to the fabrications of germ theory and has introduced many to the terrain theory. She has also developed community gardens and teaches many how to learn and forage. So if this is something you'd like to listen to and you want to know more about her story, then buckle up. Here we go. going on so much thanks for having me on <laughs> yeah no worries i uh i appreciate it for sure i gotta say it is awkward interviewing somebody that you know um <laughs> so uh i guess give uh give the audience a little uh information about yourself how you got started and uh what's going on yeah well i've been a nurse for 14 years primarily in the neonatal intensive care unit um, prior to that, I went back to school to become a holistic nutritionist about six years ago. And that kind of was like all my aha moments, all the things that I kind of thought were missing in the, the medical system that weren't quite making sense to me, um, all kind of came together when I took that course. So it kind of was like my gateway into uncovering all like the deep, dark layers of everything. Um, and so that allowed me having that background and then diving more into like germ theory versus terrain theory that we've talked about before, um, which allowed me to kind of see through all the BS that was starting um, back in December 2019 when it started with Wuhan and then um, we found ourselves in March 2020. Um, I've been kind of like screaming from the rooftops right from the get go um, about that it was just pure like propaganda and that it was wrong and not about health or um, a virus. And that kind of led me to um, speaking up against masks on children back in the fall um, and then organizing my own freedom rally in my hometown, which led me to being suspended and then finding other nurses in Canada, like um, Nurse Sarah Shajunian, uh, going down to D.C. in January um, with some American nurses and then flying back and then being immediately defamed nationally um, over the media. Um, we were domestic terrorists, you know, anti this, all the slander you can imagine. And then Sarah and I were both immediately terminated, but it's only made our voices louder and connected us with more nurses that share the same concerns. And we were able to create Canadian frontline nurses to um, hold a space where nurses can feel safe and come forward and share their stories and experiences. And we're encouraging more to be able to speak out and because of all that, now we have a class action lawsuit against the College of Nurses of Ontario that we're hoping, you know, will set precedence across the rest of Ontario to change the um, the way it's going right now with the regulatory bodies that are muzzling and silencing nurses, and they've completely removed informed consent, medical freedom, and medical transparency from uh, the healthcare system. So we're hoping to change all that. I talked really fast. I tried to fit it all in really quick. <laughs> yeah, no, no worries. That was awesome. Um, so. <laughs> 
at, at what point throughout the, I guess, your your career, did you realize that something here was very, very wrong? Something was just not adding up. Like, what was that aha moment for you? Um, something always felt kind of off. Like, interesting enough, I found old journals from nursing school. And right in nursing school, I was like, did I just make the biggest mistake of my life? It just was not <laughs> at all what I imagined nursing to be like being, you know, the way I imagine like taking care of people and really helping people and um, connecting and building those relationships and actual about like health. And I just found that I was just there to uh, take, take orders. And, you know, I mean, the first thing we learned in nursing school was how to make a bed properly. And it just, uh, it just wasn't what I expected. And it wasn't the type of care I expected to provide for people. And so there was always that gap. And it wasn't till I went back to uh, when I went into holistic nutrition that the moments came together. I was like, that's what's missing. The idea of like, you know, the spiritual connection, the mind connection, the emotional um, connection, how like all these things um, affect our health. And it was just so simple, like, don't eat this if you don't want to get sick or, you know, eat this to improve health, like move your body, Um, think positive thoughts. Like it was just like, it was just so simple. And I was like, how are we not teaching in healthcare, the most basic skills to health. And that's when I realized I was like, oh, that's why I haven't been enjoying this because this has never been about health. This has always been about sickness and yep. disease and medicine and staying in this system in this sterile environment. Like I remember trying to find jobs and I was looking for um, expedition nursing because I was like, I need to be outside. Like, I want to be working with my hands. Like, I want to be in nature. Like, this is how we're meant to live. And I was trying to find positions that aligned with that. And, uh, you know, even um, camp nursing jobs, like jobs that would get me involved with, like, um, kids and, like, connect and, you know, education roles to actually teach about health. And they're, they're very, they're kind of out there, but they're very few and far between. And they're really hard to come by. For sure. Uh, but, yeah, I just, it, I realized it was never about health. And that's why it never sat um, well with me. And then, and then when they, I guess, did, did they just straight up fire you? Was it after the, uh, the, I guess, January 6th that they got rid of you? Or was there, yeah. you know, kind of things leading up to that that kind of uh, got you dismissed or fired or whatever it was? Yeah, I was um, kind of being bullied by colleagues for a while because they didn't really love my holistic views. And then when I continued to live my life normally, Um, with all of this going on and I was going to rallies and I was hanging out with friends and um, so were my kids and I didn't I didn't know what the rules were because I didn't care about them so I wasn't following them I wasn't wearing a mask wasn't doing any of this stuff Um, they thought I was a threat uh, to themselves and our patients so I I don't know I'm perfectly healthy I looked like (laughs) this when I went to work and like we all threatening right but um yeah I started to get um Um, bullied um, early on and so a bunch of kind of like um, like untruths were said about me to get me suspended Um, so they got me suspended first and then I held um, a freedom rally in my hometown which led me to being indefinitely suspended um, which made it all over the the media and then um, when I went to DC um, and came back then I was terminated Mm -hmm. What, uh, what, what exactly happened there in DC? Do you, would you mind like getting into a little bit of that? Yeah. 
it is so not what the media made it out to be. So we went out, there were six of us. Um, so Sarah and I flew in from Canada to meet up with four other American nurses. And we were on this um, health summit stage talking about our experiences of what we saw going on in the hospitals. You know, there was um, uh, a, was it a school nurse, there was ICU, Emerge. You know, I was coming from babies, like in neonatal intensive care. We had long-term care. We had a very um, broad viewpoint of what we're seeing. And we're all kind of saying the same thing, that this is harmful. What is the measures in place? Um, this is not right. Like, you know, we're seeing more medical negligence than anything. And that's what's causing the harms. And so we spoke on stage. We were the first um, people to speak. At, I think it started at like did we get the 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. slot? It was kind of crazy. Like the first slot, the stage wasn't even ready. There was like hardly anyone there, but um, it ended up on the high wire. So that was really cool. But so we spoke, we hung around for a couple other um, talks like Kevin Jenkins. He was great talking about, you know, get your God courage and he's amazing. Then we listened to Del Bigtree. Mickey Willis was there. So we listened to a few um, speakers and then we decided hmm, it's been a long day. Let's go back to our hotel room. So as we're waiting for our cab to take us back to the hotel, it was like sirens and noise. And we're like, what's happening? Sounds kind of crazy. We had a few people come back um, from the Capitol. So we were at the Supreme Court and a few people were over by the Capitol and they came back and they're like, oh yeah, there's like something happening over there. They're trying to like push in. And we're like, oh, that sounds crazy. And then my like, I guess it already had made the news back in Canada because my husband's calling me. He's like, are you okay over there? And I was like, I have no idea what's happening. I don't know what's going on. And uh, anyways, he kind of filled me in on what was happening. I was like, oh, that's crazy. We went back to the hotel room and turned on the news to watch it. And we're like, oh, wow, that's insane. We were right there. But it was very interesting because one of the girls that we were with like, did actually go back and, and filmed it. And it was a very isolated spot. Like, it only was like in one spot where all this stuff was happening. And you, and just like yeah. when you were watching the news, it was like the same footage over and over and over again, like the same yeah. thing, right? So it was kind of weird even watching it on the screen and hearing from like the nurse that did go back and watching it. We're like, well, something seems kind of off here. And um, yeah, we didn't really know quite what was going on. The next day there's, we're waiting for our cab to the airport and there was um, a Canadian guy and an American. And I asked their kind of experience, like, because they were there. So I filmed them on my Instagram account. And I asked them to kind of just give like a firsthand account of what they experienced. Um, and they did. And the one guy was like, it was so peaceful. It was really beautiful. Like we came in with love in our hearts. There was people there trying to push and aggravate and we wouldn't let them because they came in with hate but they we they couldn't stop us because he was just like said it so beautifully like we have love in our hearts and they can't affect us and yeah. it was like it was a really positive experience like like tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people however many there were there a lot um and it was just his experience was very different and because of that because of sharing a positive experience and i filmed it to my instagram um it was labeled like oh my god the amount of hate that came from that of hearing somebody talk about like this fatal, tragic, um, whatever it was called incident to hear his perspective, um, got me a lot of hate that I wasn't at all expecting just from sharing like a point of view. It was disgusting. Like I don't even have words for what people said and what happened. It, it was insane. Just yeah. For sure. uh, yeah. Perspective. Mm -hmm. 
And, and, and that's the problem because as we get into this now, all the information is starting to come out that, Oh wait, uh, you mean people were actually posted in there to cause a shitstorm? I mean, it's not like they went at Trump at all over four years, right? They just painted him out to be an angel. It's like, guys, come on. This whole thing was staged. Like they knew they had blueprints of the place. They just walked right in. But everybody outside was also prosecuted. So we're finding out that, you know, in, in the court systems in the States, they actually have these people in solitary confinement the people that were just standing outside doing nothing while you have all of these people from, you know, these like the BLMs or the Antifas that were burning shit and, and, and killing people. And these people are set free, but no paint out the nurse from Canada to seem like she's some sort of a terrorist. Like it, it it boggles my mind. And and honestly, it's been the same way with this entire COVID narrative, right? Like should any of you speak out whatsoever, you're deemed the devil. Mm-hmm. why why is it that was like- crazy like we had the rcmp come to our house and they wanted to know like what was your wow. involvement in like seizing the capital and i was like uh none <laughs> zero. <laughs> zero involvement didn't even know what was happening yeah. my husband from canada filled me in like did not know like um yeah it was just crazy the depths of people like I, all these posts like people were taking the fbi and like CSIS and the wow. rcmp and all my posts and i was like for what like what did i do but it's because they don't want to disrupt the narrative right so anybody that, that that speaks out nurses any healthcare doctors um anybody that has um skin in the game you know actual experience that's speaking out they need to discredit um in slander as much as possible to um shut down that that voice that narrative because they don't want um their their bubble being burst they don't want you know the truth getting out and so i think people need to start asking themselves like why are they going to such um depths like measures to silence these voices like why are we not able to hear all sides like why like whenever in history has like censorship been this heavy on experts and professionals and people that actually um you know research and have studied this like why why shouldn't we hear all sides like i don't know why people don't find that terrifying yeah it's it's a very complex issue in that i have a hard time with the same thing and i think i'm at the point now where i've just stopped asking myself that question because i find myself just getting more frustrated and it starts to lower my vibration because it's almost like people would just love to believe that the government has your best interest at heart and that everything they do, you should listen to. And there's the problem with Canadians. North Americans as a whole are this way. Like Western society just loves to do what they're told. They love to you know, think that them and the government are this one unit, this one entity that kind of rolls together and we feed off them and they feed off us. It's like, no, man, you're there to pay money. They're there to run you over and tell you what to do. So mm-hmm. in, in regards to, you, you know, this whole, you know, pandemic clearly planned. Um, I don't know if you heard Derek Sloan's uh, interview today where he actually had some doctors finally that were yeah, allowed to, to, to come out and say it. like, you know, guys, th- it, it's all a narrative. Like there is no pandemic. Why? Because we've had treatments. Nobody's even questioning this. No one's allowing us to speak. So I'm actually so glad that they had the ability to have that aired. Finally, the other side is starting to come out. But then it makes me start to wonder, well, if you're allowing this to be aired 
and you only allow, you know, certain things to be aired well, right? Like there's always a plan. They're only going to let you see what they want you to see when it's time for them. Like, why is it that, you know, in New York, Buddy's daughter, you know, was getting married. So now all of a sudden it's like, yep, well, take care of my daughter, open it up. And now it's like, okay, so do I go to Doug Ford's daughter and say, hey, right? Like, I just don't understand why they're doing this now. I mean, we've known this for time. So it kind of makes you wonder what's coming. But in regards to the nurses, um, why is it that, that like the the nurses of all people, like, I feel like, you know, even above doctors, nurses interact with more people for a longer duration. Like I know every time I've been in the hospital, it's been, you know, I was there with my son when he had uh, influenza and, you know, we were in, we were in the room and we'd see the nurse all day and the doctor for like five minutes. Right. So it's kind of like, why are they doing this to nurses? Why are they trying to muzzle them and humiliate them? And, and are you noticing that more nurses are stepping up or leaving, quitting and doing oh, yeah. that? Yeah, they've had enough. They can't, their, their souls are so under attack right now and they, they can't do it anymore. It's killing them. Um, but it's because we're the, one of the most trusted professions in, in the world. We're, we're the eyes, the hearts, like, um, of the hospital. Like we, we connect with people, we form those relationships we provide the education. Um, we, we care, like we are the ones that are hands-on. We are the ones that are supposed to catch the doctor's mistakes. We are the ones, you know, that, um, keep people alive and keep them safe. And we're the ones in there doing that. And so people look to nurses and they trust what nurses have to say, because we are trustworthy and we are critical thinkers and we've been trained to, um, observe and, and to see all sides. And like I said, and to keep, um, track of, of the doctors because they're, they're, they're human mistakes are made. And we're supposed to be like, you know, that second, um, set of eyes to double check things. So they're, they're muzzling us because they're using us as pawns because if nurses can go along with this narrative, that means more people will be able to follow because you hear things like, Oh, well, she's a nurse. She said this, so it must be okay. Kind of thing. Right. But so they don't, um, because we're the most trusted profession out there. Like, I think we are actually one of like a hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's like you guys and veterinarians, right? Like, yeah. and I, I'm not saying that as an insult at all. It's just when you're, you know, your animals, it's family, right? So you would yeah. hope that when you drop them off and pick them up, everything is okay. But I mean, it's the same as, you know, if I drop, you know, my grandma or grandpa off at, at the hospital and, you know, while I'm in the waiting room and they're getting checked out, you guys are the ones that, that I'm depending on to go in there analyze the situation, tell me what's going on, organize the testing and come back to me to let me know what progress is or has not been made. Right. So you guys hundred percent are the most trusted. Now, uh, what is it that, uh, that you have going on with the nurses right now? I believe it's ask the nurses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a few things going on. Well, with, um, we do a podcast every Tuesday night with, um, our American friends. So our United States frontline nurses are partnered with us at Canadian frontline nurses. So we do a podcast called ask the nurses every Tuesday night. Um, this past um, Tuesday was awesome. We had Rachel, um, Hoffman on from farmers for freedom, because that's such an important message as we know to talk, start talking more about food. People need to know about that. And, um, uh, we were so thankful that you were a guest on we need to hear from more of the dads. So that was great. Um, so that's an awesome partnership that we have with um, our American nurses to kind of keep that partnership and, and relationship there. So we kind of can help each other out and know what's going on. And then Canadian frontline nurses have, have um, a lot of things happening right now as well. 
Um, we are connected to hundreds of nurses across Canada and we're hearing a lot of stories and more and more speaking out, which is awesome. And we have a class action lawsuit against our College of Nurses of Ontario for silencing us and for removing informed consent, medical transparency and medical freedom. So we're hoping that when that goes through, that'll set a precedence for the rest of Canada. And hopefully we can instill a whistleblower protection act as well, because um, the United States has that in place, but Canada does does not. So we're hoping to kind of um, put that in for, for nurses protection, because that's what we're told to do. It's like right in our textbooks, like nurses are meant to be agitators, to be advocates. And I mean, that's what we're doing. So it's like, oh, we're being punished for doing what we're told. It's like a standard. Um, and then we have a bunch of initiatives. Sarah, um, one of the other founders, Junian, is starting a mental health movement um, to get actual to root cause and look at it more of a holistic approach. She also has her movement for Stand for Seniors, um, hoping to get you know um, an injunction served on these nursing homes to allow. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and anyway, so we have a lot. I'm hoping to go across Canada. Um, to bring awareness to all these initiatives and that we want to bring the ethics back to healthcare, but not even um, try to fight this corrupted system. We want to create our own, um, which is like, you know, I talk about like nature healing centers. Like we all have our different things that we want to focus on. I, I want to get people back out of nature and foraging and get their hands and feet dirty, but we want to move away from our regulatory bodies and get nursing back to what Florence Nightingale had always envisioned it to be and get nursing back to connections and healing and preventative care and root cause solutions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It makes perfect sense. I mean, I was speaking to a, uh, an indigenous woman yesterday who was, uh, you know, speaking about her grandmother being a natural healer for the community. And they walk around with like these, uh, like a little fanny pack that's always just full of herbs and, and things that she's picked in the forest and that they just go around to all of the, um, you know, the reservations or, or, or the reservations in their, their local area. And they will quite literally, you know, heal people, which is unbelievable. And everything is from nature, right? Yeah, a lot so like, awesome. you know, the, the 90% uh, of what they're using in the, in the hospitals now, medication wise, even, you know, the all, almost all pharmaceuticals are derived at some point from a plant, right? Yeah. And then they just make their shitty synthetic version that makes you lose your teeth. And then they give that to you, right? Yes. Um, now, I actually want to touch on your perspective on this, uh, what do you think about these uh, th these rushed quote unquote vaccinations? Now I know everybody wants to know what you know the opinions of everybody, but I think your opinion will be v really valuable because you are a nurse, you are on the front lines, you are speaking to people that are on the front lines as we speak. So what is the I guess the consensus that that you're hearing more and more of in regards to these jabs? that um the biologic gene therapy experiments that you know cause transhumanism and it's going to be connected to ai technology and cryptocurrency and going to be like you know just um what is it the contact tracing and everything it's like um no it's not it's it's lethal it's um, dangerous. It's an experiment. And the fact that they're pushing this on kids is absolutely so disheartening oh. and disgusting. And so my take, and um, we've talked about this too, is just, so viruses don't exist the way that we've been told. We've been told like lie after lie after lie, of course, you know, it all comes down to money and viruses have never been proven to cause infection. Um, viruses are not what we've been told. 
um, it was a theory uh, and a theory that had has never been proven. It's never passed Rivers postulates. We have Koch's postulates, which is for bacteria. And because viruses are smaller than bacteria, they came up with Rivers postulates. And it's never passed any of the, there's five. So four Koch postulates um, for bacteria and there's five for Rivers postulates. And it's never passed any of them. And it's never been proven to cause infection. Um, and it's also never been proven to be contagious. So if it doesn't infect people and it's not contagious, then what serves the purpose of an injection of any sort, not even this one, but any of them. And that's the question that people need to be asking is like, it's a, a mute point because it's not necessary on any level because it's not contagious and contagion has never been able to be proven. Um, so I think we need to shift the entire conversation back to these theories um, and actually yeah. look into them um, because that's what we're basing our entire medical allopathic system on is these theories from the 1900s that don't have a leg to stand on. So if we go back to that, then we realize that, oh, we haven't needed any of these poisons ever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I think it, it doesn't even go back to those theories. I think we're at the point where it all just goes back to finance. It all yeah. goes back to the almighty dollar. They don't, it's a sick care system. It's never been about your health. No. Ever. I mean, if it was about your health, then it would have told you, hey, well, when a person that has, quote unquote, COVID-19, right, let's let's play along as though it's really what's <laughs> happening, right? Um, yes. I think fear is the mechanism of infection. But, yes. um, <laughs> you know, when these people go into the hospital, they're given like 7,000 IUs of vitamin D right off the bat. And it makes you think like, well, th there wasn't a single fucking word about health right? Like you didn't say anything at all about, you know, make sure that you're hydrated, make sure that you're taking your vitamin C, make sure that even, even people that live in a state like California who get tons of sun sh should still be supplementing with, you know, two to 3000, you know, I use a day extra on top of being in the sun all day. I mean, where's the exercise? Where, where's the, if you notice all the people that are sick from pretty well, let, let's just say all cause mortality have mm -hmm. a few things in common. They're typically obese. They typically eat like shit and they have a terrible sedentary lifestyle, yeah. right? Why don't we tackle these issues? And I mean, I've been thinking about it a lot lately and I said, you know what? Like this entire, you know, C-19 thing has killed. They're saying like 2.5 million people worldwide. Well, over 10 million a year die of cancer. So mm -hmm. if it's a numbers game and we haven't been touching the cancer patients at all, well, then we should be doing technically like 75% better than we ever have, right? Mm -hmm. Because we haven't had any cancer, right? So it's just so stupid. Like the narrative makes no sense to me. No, it doesn't make any sense. At I all. 800,000 people, 800,000 people die a year of iotrogenic disease. And iotrogenic disease is medical treatments. Yeah. And that's 800,000 people a year that have medical treatment. So people can look up iotrinic disease and why aren't we doing anything about that? That's a significant number, but it's because it's part of the medical system. So yeah. I guess that's acceptable. A hundred percent. Right. And it, it makes us seem somehow crazy for asking <laughs> these very obvious questions, right? Like if somebody's telling you, look, if I'm looking up at the sky and it's clearly blue with a couple of clouds, but all over the TV tells me it's red. It's like, well, no, like I've been to an optometrist. I'm not colorblind, right? I'm going to ask you why your theory states that the sky is a different color other than blue. 
But for mm-hmm. some reason with this narrative, you are simply not allowed to. And that's disturbing. It's disturbing. Like, it is but disturbing. On, on the same token, though, I've been trying to kind of look at the silver lining in all of this. And I think where I'm at at this point in time is realizing that not all superheroes wear capes. Like we have finally realized that your J-Lo's and your, you know, all of these other dumbass celebrities that we've been praising for how long right now we're realizing, Oh shit. Like, like when, when the going gets tough, these are the people that rise. So I am honestly hoping that all of us that have stepped up and, and your movement with Ask the Nurses and uh, American Frontline Doctors and, you know, Canada Frontline, I'd like, I can only hope that everything else honestly just disintegrates at this point and we could just move forward with the, the influence that we have now. I mean, if you look at even what you're doing with like, you know, the, the, the community um, gardens and, and, you know, starting a movement with the kids and w- why have we moved so far away from that? Like, I think it's probably a good idea for us to just say, eh, you know what? Let's get rid of 5G and spend a little more time outside, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And it's just, it's a tough one with this whole thing. Like, I'm glad that the whole, you know, narrative is finally, you know, coming to light. But when you hear someone like Trudeau on the news say, oh, well, your article that you're going to write today doesn't matter because our plan that we made at the G7 will be around uh, long after your article. And we'll use your article in the newspaper to wrap fish like just yeah, the most arrogant. I don't know. But being a man like the mouth on this lady boy. Right. Like it just it that was the most ignorant. And he said it with such conviction and such haste. Like he was really like, ha we got something better for you. Right. And it's like, buddy, I, I really hope that somebody can pin all of these bodies <laughs> of these indigenous children on you and everyone before you. So we can finally end your liberal reign of terror. I mean, worldwide, I'm sorry. Look, I'm not a conservative. I'm not a liberal. I'm a realist. And I see that liberal policy is what kills people. It's not guns. It's not fire. It's not medicine. It's liberal policy and liberals need to go because they've all been corrupted. Right. So um, I guess let's uh, let's leave this on a on a positive note. Mm-hmm. What, what would you like to tell people about, um, you know, handling what's going on or what to do in the future or just how to how to handle the the mental health? Because we know that's a huge issue right now. So what, what would you say to these people on how to move forward in a positive manner? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, for me, the, one of the biggest things was reconnecting to faith. And so that could be so different to, to anyone, whatever that might be for you, but just to find a foundation of strength that you can rest your head and your heart on and, and find that, you know, a piece of, of hope and that higher source, knowing that there's, you know, there's the good and the evil, um, there's love and hate and knowing that, you know, the good and the love always wins and always is triumphant. So finding whatever that is for you um, is so important to always continue to come back to when you start to spiral, always come back to um, your, your faith and knowing that good always wins and truth always comes out and love always prospers and wins. Um, so I, I would, yeah, that's one of the things I would say, because it has been everything for me that has been getting me through this. Um, continue to ask questions um, courage over comfort and, um, empower yourself with as much knowledge as you can. So ask questions and read and, 
um, learn from dissenting voices, um, be comfortable in the discomfort of unlearning to learn something else. Because I think a lot of us, that's where we need to be. We need to be able to um, be comfortable with the, being uncomfortable. We're going to get a lot more uncomfortable than in the next while um, in being okay with that. So leaning into that discomfort um, by using it and using it to unlearn and relearn and continue to empower yourself and realize that we have everything that we need within us. We always have. They've just lied to us and told us that we don't. But everything that we need is within us and finding that power and um, yeah, that power from within. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That was fantastic. Well, I really do appreciate you coming on. We're going to have to do this uh, again very soon. I mean, uh, we, we have so much going on every single day. So, I mean, I guess it'll only be a couple of weeks before we have something completely new to talk about. Yeah, exactly. But I do thank you for, uh, for coming on. That was a great final message. And uh, yeah, I'll see you around. Sounds good. Thanks for having me.